This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time. For Warriors this week. Curry off a series of drag screens. Top of the key. Three. Are you kidding me? The laws of man don't fly. On 95.7. 7, 7, 7, the game. And the Golden State Warriors have recaptured home court in the NBA Finals with a stirring 107-97 win here at TD Garden. 43 points for Stephen Curry. And the Golden State Warriors go back to Chase Center for game five after closing this one out on a 21-11 run. And a stunned Boston crowd. They were here to celebrate 3-1. But now have to wonder what's going to happen when they come back for game six. And what a night in Boston it was. John Dickinson from Boston. One more day. Whitey Gleason back in the Bay. 888-957-9570. Phone lines open as it is Warriors this week on a Saturday for the next four hours. And my goodness, Whitey, 28-19 Warriors <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Feels like we just got off the air doing the postgame show last night, but back at it again. And wow, uh, I think the performance of, of Stephen Curry even more breathtaking after a night to, to kind of sleep on it and, and really start to, to look back at what he did again as we will do here for the next four hours just yeah. a wow performance mm-hmm. jd uh, how you been as you know as you say i've been on the air with you since earlier this morning uh great to be back <laughs> with you I, and seriously i know no one cares but when i was asked to fill in yesterday and i know you filled in for steiny when i was asked to fill in for for dibs yesterday one of the first things i asked was well do i still get to do post game with jd so okay we're good to go so great to be here uh you said something last night about steph that really resonated with me when you referred to it as his performance as Jordan-esque and it certainly was and here's more evidence of that as you may have seen uh, Curry outscored the rest of the Warrior starters last night 43 to 39 and he's uh, the oldest at age 34 the oldest guy to do that in a finals game since Michael Jordan did it um, that was game six 1998 versus Utah his last game as a member of the Chicago Bulls before he went on to more fame and fortune as a member of the Wizards a couple of years later. So to me, <laughs> to me, J.D., there's, there's three big questions going forward, ton of questions. The three biggest questions to me are, can Steph keep it up? Do the Warriors need him to keep it up? And what, if anything, does Boston do to try to stop him? I don't know about you. Uh, I think he can keep it up. And I, I think the Warriors are going to need him to play close to that level. That's tough to do what he did last night every night. But I think they're going to need him to play close to that level. My guess is that Boston, for the most part, is going to look at that game last night and say, you know, we kind of too many turnovers. Steph made some incredible shots. They were not badly defended. I think Boston, for the most part, is going to stick with their game plan going into game game five 
Yeah, and, and I think there was a little bit of, of a notion last night from doing the postgame show that a lot of Warrior fans thought Steph didn't get much help last night. And look, his performance was legendary, but the reality, Whitey, is Steph did get help last night and in ways that he hadn't been getting help in the two games, really, that the Warriors lost in this series. And whether that's Andrew Wiggins with the 17 points and the 16 boards, whether it's Jordan Poole, I think, having his most effective game, some big rebounds uh, from Kevon Looney and Wiggins uh, that went with the 16, the, he got help, I think. Clay Thompson, some big clutch threes and a lot of really clutch defense down the stretch. The force by which the Warriors played with was also much greater than it had been in the two games that the Warriors had lost. So this notion that, yeah, yeah, Steph may have to keep it up, but they're also going to have to get at least the, the level of performance that they did from three, four other players last night if they're ultimately going to be able to take the 3-2 lead and, and close out this series by winning two of the next three. You're right. He also got a ton of help, obviously, at the defensive end. But more to your point, yeah, Jordan Poole had a really good offensive game last night at a time when the Warriors really needed it. Wiggins, the rebounding last night was spectacular. Clay uh, had a big fourth quarter, made some big shots. Looney, you know, <laughs> poor Loon, right? Oh, I probably should have played him more in game three. Uh, Looney's not starting tonight. And he had 11 rebounds last night. And Draymond Green, who I know is, uh, you know, the focus of a lot of controversy in this series, as badly as he played at times last night, he actually made some big plays when they put him back in in the fourth quarter. So you're absolutely right. Steph um, willed the team to victory. Draymond said he wasn't letting us lose last night, but he did get a a ton of help, and he's going to need to get more help going forward if the Warriors are going to win this series. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570, Warriors this week, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. We want to hear from you. Uh, just an unbelievable performance. I think uh, a jaw-dropping performance from Stephen Curry last night. And uh, even the Boston fans from being in the building, I think they... Uh, with, with every shot that went down, the groans with as electric as the atmosphere was, I mean, I think they know and, and they've seen a lot of legendary performances both by their team over the years and all the championships, but some of the opponents that, that their teams have, have faced uh, in NBA final series that maybe they haven't won. I, I think the Boston crowd really did sense, oh, no, we're, we're getting beat by one of the all-time greats in, in one of the all-time great games uh, an iconic one that potentially we're going to be talking about 10, 20, 30 years ago or from now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most 30-point games in NBA Finals games, most 30-point games since the merger. Uh, Jordan, 23 30-point games in the finals. LeBron, 22. Shaq, 16. Kobe, 13. And Steph Curry, 13. That's a list of players that the naysayers have been saying, yeah, Steph's a fine player, but he doesn't really belong on that list. And you're right. I mean, he's doing it before our very eyes uh, in this series, elevating that legacy even more. By the way, real quick here. You look at the the margin last night was 10. That was actually the closest game we've had in these finals so far. The margins have been 12, 19, 16, and 10, if my math is correct. It's kind of funny because if you look at it, you say, well, these games aren't really that good. They haven't been close. They've been maybe game two a little bit of an exception, but they've been really competitive games, right? I mean, one team or the other is ends up winning going away, but they've been really closer games than the final scores have indicated. 
absolutely. I mean, I would I would put last night down as as definitely a, a close game. The Warriors a bunch of free throws late, but no, the Celtics were right there within three in the in the final ninety seconds essentially. And look, there were a lot of scared Celtics fans. In, on Wednesday in TD Garden after the Celtics had the huge lead. And, yeah, they took that game over in the in the fourth quarter, but but they were pretty nervous, even as well as the Celtics played, that, that the Warriors were able to, to come back and take the lead late in the third quarter before the Celtics reestablished control. So, no, it's been intense. I think really the only game that, that didn't feel like it could go either way for the most part, was Game Two, where the Warriors had the huge third quarter and then and then blew them out from that point on in the fourth quarter. But no, Game One, Game Three, and Game Four for sure have felt highly dramatic, even if the the final score margin maybe would tell you otherwise. So many reasons why that was such a a monumental win for the Warriors. Maybe it puts them on the path to another championship. But in addition to that, just shorter term. You know, I think their their metal was tested last night. They responded. Um, their desire was tested. They responded. And let's face it, J.D., I'm sure this is something we'll be discussing today. The Warrior culture was tested last night when in the fourth quarter, you know, Coach Kerr takes Draymond out of the game. Draymond wasn't happy about it, as he mentioned on his – I don't know if you know, he has, he has a podcast apparently. But <laughs> the team played well, the group on the floor that was on the floor when Draymond came out, they played well. And then when Draymond came back in – he played well, so that's a big moment here, right? That's you know, if you're Coach Kerr, it's like I really don't want to do this, but he didn't have much choice. Draymond wasn't crazy about it, but he responded to it. The team won, so there you go. The culture really tested last night and responded with one of the biggest finals wins that the Warriors have ever had. And look, Draymond came back into the game after Kerr took him out. It was at first offense, you know, defense offense, substitutions. He was going back and forth between him and Jordan Poole. But he he not only took Draymond out, I thought, due to ineffectiveness and, and essentially benched him. He did it to Clay Thompson earlier in the game when Clay was just having an awful first half. Played much better in the fourth quarter. But to be able to look at star number two and star number three and say – in really the pivot point of an entire season, game mm-hmm. four, down to one on the road, to say, hey, I'm going to go away from you for a couple of minutes, get you back in the game so it can be kind of glossed over, I think, a little bit later in the postgame press conference, but still not an easy thing to do, and especially not an easy thing to do, Whitey, when you look at, at how Steve Kerr has dealt with, with Draymond and, in particular, Clay in the past, where, I mean, he basically, when any conversation about maybe Clay coming off the bench or Clay not finishing games would come up. I mean, he would wipe that away with the quickness and say, nope, Clay is, uh, it's ride or die with Clay. We all know Draymond and a lot of the things that the Warriors have, have allowed in terms of his, his personality and, and, and the fire and the fury and the, and being the heart and soul and all that. Uh, and, but to be able to look both of those two in the eye and take them out in the biggest moments when maybe your season could be slipping away from you, that's a hell of a hell of a a, a, a stones move mm-hmm. for for Steve Kerr uh, last night, and yeah. it worked out. It it did work out, and as much credit as he deserves for doing that. Obviously, the difference between Clay now and that Clay at the end of the regular season who was struggling is at that point it's like. 
well, we got to get Clay close to being Clay, as close to it as we can before the playoffs start. So let him play through it. And then last night, it's a matter of look, we lose this game, we're in real trouble. So I got to do some things I wouldn't normally do. I think as much credit as Kerr deserves, and I agree with you, he deserves a ton of it. I think the players deserve more for the way they responded to that and how well they played with the game hanging in the balance. Yeah, let, let's hear Draymond after the game as, as he did uh, address in the post-game press conference uh, getting subbed out, and uh, here's, here's what Dre had to say. Definitely never thrilled coming out of the game with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter in a must-win game. I'm not going to sit here and act like you know, I was thrilled. Um, I'm a competitor. And at the end of the day, if that's what coach decides, then you roll with it. You know, I had to keep my head in the game, and, you know, whenever I went back in, try to make some plays. And so uh, that was just my mindset. You know, don't make too much of it. I've always been of the on the bandwagon of, you know, if you got something that's rolling, you you stick with it. So it is what it is. And and Kavon Looney was rolling. And, and last night, an, another one of these playoff games where Kavon Looney winds up being one of the heroes. And I think there have been a number of these games, as we look back, if the Warriors can complete this thing and win two of the next three, how many times – did we talk about Kavon Looney being a hero for the Warriors in playoff games that they really, really, really needed to win? A couple of times in the Memphis series. Uh, now this game last night in Boston. Big-time, uh, big-time big performance doing a lot of the little things from, from Kavon Looney. He's doing so many of the little things that they're becoming bigger things because we're noticing him so much more because he's so consistent. But last night, Draymond benched at the 732 mark, so Kerr stuck with Curry, Poole, Thompson, Wiggins, and Looney, and that lineup outscored the Celtics 11-4 to before Boston called time, and then Green was reinserted. So the thing with Draymond, and you know, it's fair now to ask what's going on because even his mom, as you know, as we discussed last night, his mom on Twitter is like, don't ask me what's wrong. I have no idea who this is. I don't even know if this is Draymond. Uh, and as I said yesterday, I, I've been sus- wondering, is he hurt because he's had back issues? Watched him really closely last night and saw no indication that he's hurt. I think you touched on one of the absolute keys last night when you pointed out, as, as we've seen here, it's just a really bad matchup for him in some ways. And I think that, you know, bad matchup for him against some really athletic players, combined with whatever's going on with him offensively, he's got a little bit of the Ben Simmons syndrome. I, I hope that's not an overstatement, but we saw it at times last night. He's like, he does does not want to shoot the ball, and that's been a really bad combination for him in this series. But again, the fact that he responded in the fourth quarter, the fact that overall he did some nice Draymond things with rebounding and assists, um, it was a great response by Draymond. 888-957-9570. Let's get it going here on the phone lines. A lot of people that want to talk even in the first segment here, so we'll begin it with Scott in Vallejo. Scott, you're up first here. Tip-off caller on Warriors this week on a Saturday on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Scott. Scott. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, that was an instant classic right there. And I really hope it silences some of Steph's critics. I think it has to. And thanks for the call, Scott. I, I think it has to, right, Whitey? I mean, you have a performance like that. Now, obviously, you go on to you have to go on to win the series. Uh, and, and he's well in line to be the, the finals MVP if the Warriors can win the series. But I do think for as great a performance as it was, and look, I don't really care about the critics. I don't think Steph really cares about the critics. I do think he wants a finals MVP on his mantle, <laughs> I, I, you know, or, or to throw in a closet somewhere or whatever. 
I, I do think he wants to check that box is really maybe the only thing that he hasn't checked to this point in a, in a legendary career. I don't think he's worried about the critics, though. Saying that, I know a lot of Warrior fans are worried about the critics, and Scott brings it up right off the top of the show, first call. If you, don't, if you are somebody that's worried about the critics and you don't win this series, you can already kind of hear where it's going. So I get why it's so important to the Warriors fans. Steph has this legendary series, maybe even the MVP of the series, in a, in a loss going Jerry West style from, mm-hmm. from way back. Uh, but that, in, in a way, would almost be more fuel for those critics in, in an odd way. Like, he was so great, but his team, you know, his team yeah. still didn't win. Yeah, the hot take Harveys, it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction with them. It's like, oh, you know, what about Steph? And they're looking for things to talk about. I think, I think Scott's right. At some point here, if we're not there already, we're, we're near the point where people who have, you know, brains in their head, if they hear any of that, they're just going to say, I saw what he did. I, you're just wrong. But I thought this was really interesting. I believe last night Steph had the first 40-point, 10-rebound game by a guard in the finals, by a guard in the finals since Dwayne Wade in 06. And Dwayne Wade last night on Twitter said it perfectly, said, quote, everyone keeps talking about what Steph ain't. Let's talk about what he is. And last night he was a player who had uh, one of the best finals games we have ever seen. He's a player who did and has been doing throughout this series the things that some of those naysayers have been saying. Well, Steph Curry cannot do that. Well, hello, he just did it. So what do you got next? Great point. 888-957-9570. Filmo Mike back with us here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Filmo? Filmo! Hey, y'all. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, man, I'm still up a high, man. I don't mean to talk y'all ears off. But let, let, let me point out some key things. First with Curry. When he was dribbling between the legs, and he was like he had that little 20-second, it reminded me of Jordan. If you remember Jordan going between the legs on the baseline, Right? That, that's what that kind of reminded me of. If y'all remember, come fly with me. Because I was, I was like one years old when he did that. <laughs> uh, he loves playing at TD Garden. He, he almost like playing at TD Garden. It seemed like more than chasing him sometimes. Um, Draymond, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. He's scared to shoot the ball. He is kind of spooked. Uh, he needs to work on not only his jumper, but if you gonna handle the ball, you gotta he gotta work on his handles because sometimes if you at the top of the key and he dribbling the ball and he just picked the ball up when somebody just uh just come by, I'm like, bro, you gotta work on your handles too a little bit too. But whenever somebody's in their head, right, they always say something like this. He said this last night. You know, I got bigger things. You know, I, I, I'm gonna face bigger things in life. Of course, bro, you're playing a basketball game. <laughs> it's way bigger things in life. So I think he is in his head, unfortunately. My last point is Tatum ain't played up the poor, but then again, Clay and Draymond ain't played up the poor. If we could get Draymond, Memphis Draymond, man, this series would be over in, in the next two games. Thanks, Filmo. Good, good stuff. And I think that is the key question is, hey, Curry's gone off. And the Warriors have had to have it. But kind of like the Warriors going off in the third quarter of game three, there was still a fourth quarter to be played. And the Celtics were able to 
win that quarter and, and win that game. In, in the context of a, a full series, in a way, Whitey, it's at least worth kind of having that conversation. It's only 2-2. And, yes, the Warriors have home court advantage back, uh, but they do need a few more players to play at a higher level. And, and I think it can be, you know, it, it may not be Draymond scoring 10 or 12 points in any of these games, but, but continuing to figure out a way to make others around him better, to defend maybe at a higher level, to get on the boards at maybe a higher level. There, there's other things that Draymond can do to try and make himself effective as the Warriors find their way to, to cobble this thing to the to the finish line. I mean, that's really what it's all about. It's, it's not necessarily about the stats and who's going to have a big game. Yeah, somebody might, and the Warriors would be glad to have it, but it's really more about can you grind out two more wins the way you ground out that fourth quarter last night uh, with maybe Steph Curry doing legendary things along the way? Philmo made a great point about Tatum, and Tatum, especially last night, you can see he gets kind of mechanical, and he's a little slow with his decisions in the half court. That's one of the reasons their half court offense struggles. There's one possession where, you know, they run the shot clock down, and then it's like he recognizes, you can almost see him processing, ah, Bielitsa's on me. Well, I can take Bielitsa. Hmm, yeah, I guess I'll take Bielitsa. You know, and then he kind of forces a shot, and it's like bad possession. But I think the Warriors defensively have a ton to do with that. Tatum is shooting, let's see, 34.3%. And I think inside the arc, he's like 14 for 51. 14 for 51. That's 27.5%. He's not playing well. The Warriors do have a lot to do with that, though. So that's a great point. Um, yeah, the numbers, 23 last night. Yeah, but he's really struggling to score those 23. Draymond, you know, when Draymond right now, when he's not doesn't want to shoot the ball and he wants to sit back there at the point and run the offense from the top of the key, Celtics are like, go ahead. You <laughs> – we're not worried about you out there. So Draymond's going to have to make an adjustment to that. I thought it was really embarrassing when the dribble handoff last night and Smart just took the ball from him. I thought, oh, my goodness, this is really a, a, an embarrassing night for Draymond. But, again, he did respond to that. And Steph supplied some of the things last night that the Warriors typically get from Draymond, right? I'm talking about that emotional response. I'm talking about scoring and yelling at the Garden fans. As you know, J.D., we know that Draymond gets into it with fans sometimes. Last night, that was Steph, and it wasn't um, – it he wasn't flipping them off or anything. He's going, yes, hello, look, you see what I'm doing? We're going to win this game. And in some ways, Steph had to step into the void created by the fact that Draymond just hasn't been Draymond in this series. Yeah, and I thought Filmbo brought up another great point in that he does like playing in TD Garden. Yeah. How many times have we seen Steph go off in those more hostile environments like he does even even in, in Oracle back in the day when when it would feel maybe a little bit more like the the show was coming for, mm -hmm. from the Warriors but but there would just be a vibe in the building where everybody was kind of on edge and waiting and 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 the electricity was ramped up to another level when the electricity's ramped up to that level he he feels it and I think it fuels him and and so I I think he really enjoys the elite basketball environments and and the two games the the finals provided overall but the two games here in Boston were just absolutely phenomenal in terms of atmosphere and Steph was able to to, to use that to propel himself to to help the Warriors win my guess would be that especially being the son of a player he's you know his whole life he's learned how special some of those places back east are we know what he's done 
at the Garden in New York, Madison Square Garden, and I think he has the same understanding and appreciation for what Boston, and I know it's not the old building, but for what Boston and what Boston Garden represents, the significance of that place, and he rises to the challenge. Manuel in Dublin next year, 888-957-9570. What's up, Manuel? Hey, what's up, man? What time did you go to bed? About 4, four o'clock in the morning, East Coast time? Um, and I yeah, about 4 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at the, end of my, uh, at the end of this, I wanted to, um, and you could uh, answer it off there, um, the travel plans, I'm kind of curious how they do it. I, I mean, they leave the next morning. And then, um, and, and I know you tweeted um, the Curry thing before the injury. Was, and maybe you could answer that at the, at the end. Too. How concerned were the war? Was there concern at all before? I've seen the tweet, like I said, you seen moving around good. I was concerned just from, you know, going back to game three, seeing him scream, and I almost thought he was crying, and I mean it in a way like, oh, my God, did he, he hurt his foot so bad, and the him to go off. Um, also, how, how, how hurt is Robert Williams, uh, the, what do they call him, the time, the time lord, the timekeeper? Um, how hurt is he? Because there was one play, Curry just, uh, just broke his ankles, twisted him, and he couldn't even move it, it looked like. Um, and then it, I think I think I think Coach found the, the secret ingredients of putting Bielisa on uh, on his team just for a few minutes, getting um, GP in there. I mean, I am so this is crazy, man. This can, can you believe that we're two wins away from winning a champ championship? It would be the greatest story in, in Warriors history. I mean, I sat around for 45 years watching the Warriors the night so they won in 2015. But I'm I'm locked in, guys. I appreciate what you guys do. You guys. Break it down so good for uh, for the the knowledgeable fans and the fans that don't know the game. You guys just make us tune in, and I'm locked in. And I appreciate your guys' hard work. Thanks. Hey, thanks, man. You'll appreciate it. Uh, as far as the travel plans, I mean, it's pretty easy uh, when you have the the two days in between games. So at this point, the Warriors, you stay over, you get a good night's sleep, you you fly back. It's obviously a long flight, six six hours or, or so back. Uh, to the bay and and you rest and you recover today and then you have a practice day tomorrow at Chase Center and then you lead into to game five which is going to be on on Monday night it was a little more difficult I think back in the days where the NBA didn't do that and and for quite a number of years Whitey there would be scenarios where there would be travel you know East Coast to West Coast, mm-hmm. and only the one day in between. And I think that did make it a lot tougher on on teams. As far as Steph, uh, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit after the break. I think there was a belief that that they dodged one on him, that that it wasn't as bad, and and that he felt significantly better Thursday morning or Friday morning rather than he did maybe Thursday night when he was walking with a a, a limp uh, out of out of the building, or Wednesday night I guess when he was walking with a limp out of the building. He he. He got it together over the, the nearly two days that he had. Quick yeah, that, that's, that, that's just a great point because I know all of us who saw his press conference and heard what he said after his injury felt like, oh, he's good. But people who were there like you, and I know Connor Letourneau was on with Devone and Allen, and he said, oh, you guys got to see him. He's limping. So, I, yeah, it's just a matter of day-to-day, and it looks like yesterday Steph got up. It's like, hey, you know what? Don't feel too badly, and it just was not an issue last night. All right, 888-957-9570. We'll pause here. John Dickinson in Boston. Whitey Gleason back in the Bay. Series tied. How are you feeling about this series now? As it is still 2-2, two to two, Warriors have home court advantage, but they are going to play another game here in Boston, game six 
is it is it Warriors in six? Is it Warriors in seven? Is there still some concern? I know we had some callers that had some concerns uh, about the fact that it took so much from Curry for the Warriors to win last night. Is that sustainable? We'll get into all of that here. We're with you until one o'clock on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. the second curry comes away with it curry in transition backs up with the dribble stops and fires a three got it top side the warriors lead by two all that emotion at the beginning of the game the warriors have a two-point lead now back to warriors this week on 95.7 the game John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, an iconic performance last night from Steph Curry. 43 points, 10 boards, 24 in the second half. Willing the Warriors to a Game 4 win at TD Garden to even the NBA Finals at two games apiece. We're back with you and with you till 1 o'clock here on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. I know one question, Whitey, we're going to get into at some point between now and and 1. And maybe we can even throw it out there now before we get back to the calls. Just where do you rank that among Steph performances in, in his career? I know Steph's not into ranking him. He just wants to win the games. Right, right. I'll do that. Yeah. Also just all-time classic vintage finals performances. I, I think that one is – it's in the conversation. I mean, there's been so many. Where does it sit? It, it, you know, it is a game four, but, I mean, there are a lot of games that come to mind where I think, man, that was just – something special and this performance goes in line with a lot of those yeah and by the way real quick here if I'm a Boston fan which I'm not but I would be looking at Jason Tatum and wondering all right when's he gonna have the type of game that he's supposed to have once again last night look at his numbers like hey he wasn't terrible but he hasn't really put his imprint on this series he's got I think 14 turnovers the most of anybody uh, in the series so far so that's one of the things Boston needs again Boston probably looks at that game last night and says if we function better in the half court down the stretch don't turn the ball over you know we were in position to win but I do think it's fair to say they need a little more from Jason Tatum who seems to be just kind of eh, okay in some of the biggest moments of this series yeah, a couple of things here, 415 Xfinity Mobile text line, still not confident 
This series Whoa. is going six and Boston wins. Wow. Or seven games and in and it's anybody's game because the Warriors won't win in six. No way Boston is losing three straight games. So yeah, and the Celtics haven't lost two straight in the playoffs and, and their streak actually goes back a month even prior to that, the last time they won consecutive games, Whitey. They would have to lose three straight to go out, uh, obviously, 4-2 at this point. I know I had Warriors in six at the beginning of this thing. I'm starting to think it is headed toward a seventh game with the Warriors winning on Monday and the Celtics winning back here on Thursday. And then uh, we'll we'll see you Father's Day night and mm. who comes out on top there. One of the curious things about that is a home court doesn't seem so far to mean as much in this series as you'd think with Boston winning the first game. Uh, at Chase, then, of course, the Warriors winning last night, so we're 2-2, and that's sometimes the way it is in the finals when you have the best teams. Home court doesn't matter as much to them, but yeah, it's great the Warriors got home court back, um, and Boston now, they got to win two games and two of the next three theoretically would be in San Francisco, but home court really hasn't been uh, an immovable obstacle for either club in this series. 888-957-9570. Uh, a couple of calls here coming up momentarily on 95-7, the game. Uh, you look at it, and uh, the 9-2-5, yeah, Celtics 3-8 and eight after a win in the in the last three rounds. So they have been kind of that 50-50 team, obviously winning a couple of uh, game sevens. I mean, you look at it, they won their last series 4-3. They won the semifinal series 4-3. They did sweep Brooklyn, and now it's every other for them. And it, and they've been on this the, the every other path, uh, really going all the way back to – to game five of the the conference finals they'd win they'd lose they'd win uh they did win game one but it's kind of that same pattern win lose win lose for them uh a couple other things here to get to uh as far as uh clay thompson's defense pointed Mm -hmm. out by the 415 can we talk about clay thompson's defense yeah i think we should talk about clay thompson's defense especially in the fourth quarter uh, the Warriors able to, to lock in a little bit and make life more difficult than they had in other fourth quarters against the Celtics. Clay gets a lot of credit for that because he's somebody that, that hasn't necessarily had it defensively at times in the series. Yeah, the Warriors defensively last night down the stretch, they turned the Celtics into that same Celtic team that almost gave up that lead in Game 7 against Miami where the Warriors were stopping the dribble penetration. They were not getting beaten off the dribble. So then the Celtics started taking some threes that were a little bit forced, and it was just like at the end of that Game 7, which I know Boston held on and they won that game. But as we discussed last night, J.D. ended up with Marcus Smart saying, all right, I'll take a three, and if you're the Warriors, like, please, by, by all means. So the Warrior defense had a lot to do with that last night, and I'm sure that's, um, that's one of the things that, that most pleased Steve to see the Warriors defensively show up the way they did in the fourth quarter of a game they had to win on the road in the playoffs, in the finals. Let's get back back to the phones here. EJ in Oakland next on Warriors this week. Hey, EJ. Hey, guys. Uh, first time, long time. Um, big fan uh, of you both. Uh, whenever you're, you're on the dial, uh, I will listen. You guys both really know ball. So, um, Thanks, EJ. That. Um yeah, uh, I, I just wanted to say that, like, uh, so, like, lifelong Oakland resident, um, Steph is, is so inspiring. Uh, like, you know, and, like, it, you know, off the court, he's he's dealing with stuff with, like, his, his parents' divorce and, like, how public 
that is and like you know aside from the injuries and everything and and man he just shows up um and and he's he's mastered his craft um and, and he shows up and, and gives us everything he's got so um yeah what last night is 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 going to be a performance i think i'll remember uh for the rest of my life so uh, i just wanted to say that so but thanks a lot Appreciate the call, EJ. Yeah, I think it's going to be one that's that's replayed for years to come. I mean, the the Warriors could be in a in a big final series twenty years from now, let's say, and and uh, the the big three and Steve Kerr and everybody no longer there, and it'll be yeah. Remember when Steph did this? I think in the same vein as remember when Michael Jordan did this? Remember mm-hmm. when? When LeBron did this, maybe the Game 7 at, at Oracle uh, yeah. you know, comes up, I think, for him. I know Warrior fans don't want to hear that. Or, or when Jordan had his game uh, a couple of games in, in numerous series, but a couple against Utah specifically, game-winning shots uh, to end his Bulls tenure in 98. Uh, the 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 flu game you know comes up some of the games Magic Johnson had in the in the finals or Larry Bird had in the finals to me last night's performance is in line with a lot of those performances in finals history yeah and as far as just Steph's performances as we discussed he doesn't like to rate them but to me the only finals game that Steph's had to this point that compares to last night I would go back to game. Uh, let's see here, 2015 Game 5 when he had against the Cavs, when he had 17 of his 37 in over nine minutes of the fourth quarter, leading the Warriors to that huge win. Last night, perhaps more impressive because of the way he's doing it to the point that EJ made. Steph is doing it now outside of the traditional Warrior offense because, and I know we've talked about this, um, because of the way Boston defends, what the Warriors are doing is they're running really high pick and rolls. That's how they're initiating their offense, and they don't typically do that. But they have Steph running the high pick and roll, drawing Boston's defenders and their bigs way out, out further than they're more comfortable from the basket. And then just to watch them, EJ used the word masterful, and if you go back and watch last night, the way Steph is hunting Al Horford out of the pick and roll. Yes. And as soon as he sees Al Horford on him, he's like, I, I got this. And as Horford is not, you know, sometimes Horford and Williams are too far back, but sometimes Horford's doing a decent job. But Steph knows that one way or the other, where I start to drive and then retreat or I just take it to the basket, he really can't keep up with me. That's, the, to me, the most masterful aspect of what Steph is doing last night and in these finals. Yeah, and, and the ability to to the shot making on top of all of that because yes, a lot of these shots are still top tough shots because yeah. of the the step back component or just taking them from from such a distance. I mean, I, they were just backbreakers last night. I mm-hmm. mean, just daggers. You know, you, can you hit at daggers in the second and third quarters? I think I think Steph did that last night. Yeah, and he speaking of backbreakers, he almost uh, almost had his back broken on one where he he got past Tatum, and then he beat Horford with a shot, and Tatum crashed into him from behind. Where was the foul on that, John Dickinson? Yeah, that one, that one, and there were a couple of others that I know Warrior fans were pretty frustrated with uh, last night. I do think there were a couple. I, I thought overall it was a pretty evenly officiated game, but I do think there were a couple of of blatant misses on a couple of Warriors plays, and and the the should have been four point play for sure uh was right there at the at the top of the list. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's get back to Bones. Austin is next here in the Bay on ninety five seven the game. What's up, Austin? 
Hey, how you guys doing, man? Um, hey, uh, I had I made a, a comment to uh, Vontae and um, Chassie yesterday. You got to let Tatum be a scorer. And once he be a scorer, he's going to try to uh, facilitate. Facilitate's been his best um, game this uh, series. So they did that last night. Once he started um, scoring, they shut that scoring down. He tried to facilitate. When he tried to facilitate, he started um, turning that ball over. You can see them 9 and 13 assists. Um, you see Tatum try to be like Kobe type. You know, um, that's not his game, man. Play your game, Tatum. But let's go Warriors. Uh, yeah, th- thanks for the call. They've done a nice job on Tatum. And, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he – and, and I think Steiny pointed this out in game one. He didn't let a 3-for-17 turn into an 8-for-23. I think Steiny may have said that exact – <laughs> exact verbiage, uh, and, mm-hmm. and he looked to facilitate. Well, last night he let the three for seventeen turn into an eight for twenty three. No, yeah. uh, but it, it, it's at, at some point if you're it's not clicking, try to be a facilitator. I thought he got caught in between. I, I thought his his inability to finish, and I think the Warriors are doing a much better job. They had help at the rim last night more than they have at other times in in the series. The Celtics, when they've been able to get downhill and get toward the basket. They've been able to finish a lot. Last night, they didn't finish nearly as much, and the Warriors were able to break up some passes or force some bad passes. I think some of it was just general Celtic sloppiness, but they've done a nice job on Tatum in this series, making him a volume shooter and also forcing him to turn the ball over. Hasn't always been perfect. Uh, I think a lot of that's because he's just a, a talented player, but the job that they've done on Tatum overall in this series I think is a, a big part of the reason why they've been able to win a couple of the games the way that they have and, and been in position to win the other two games, even though they haven't necessarily played great or had some, some really bad quarters. Absolutely. That starts with Wiggins, who's been doing a magnificent job. But I think overall, despite Tatum, some of his numbers are you know pretty impressive, fairly impressive. But overall, I'm with you, J.D. I think the Warriors have to be thrilled with with the job they've done defensively on Tatum to Austin's point last night, Tatum had six turnovers. And as I said a moment ago, I think now he has more turnovers than anybody else in the series. This gets us back to a conversation that I think we heard in Boston, even earlier this season, some people, JD, some pundits had been saying, you know, Tatum and Brown, those guys can't play together. They got to break them up. And obviously, well, you know, they're in the finals here. They could still win the championship. So I don't know about that, but I think what they lack is sometimes, you know, Tatum's the facilitator and last night was an example where he just he's a little deliberate with his decisions and they just need someone to run the offense for them and Marcus Smart as we discussed last night he's a good player he's not a very good point guard and so I think that's what happens to them in the half court of course they turn the ball over way too much but they need somebody to run the offense to organize the offense they lack that at times Tatum tries to do that but it's really not what he does very well Gene in Oakland, 888-957-9570. Hey, Gene. Hey, fellas. So the the series is unfolding pretty much as I expected in terms of the back and forth. One team wins, the next team wins, uh, the other team wins the next game. So, And I still think it's going to go seven. But what's really surprised me is uh, Draymond. I thought he was going to come out smoking last night just as he did in game two. And so I'm thinking as you are, Whitey, that maybe something's wrong with him. Uh, and maybe maybe his mother gave us a little hint last week when she was interviewed by uh, Bonte and Chasky. 
she said that you know his back injury was far more serious than anybody has let on at this point. And that would, you know, that would make sense watching him play. He's kind of stiff. He's not getting under his jump shots. You know, he's moving gingerly. So, you know, I'm a little concerned moving forward. I, think, I still think we're going to win in seven, but I think we need this guy healthy. Yeah, and we'll see if, if maybe being at home helps his game a little bit. He did have the, the one great game in, in game two, bouncing back from the tough game one, where really the majority of the tough game one was just leaving Al Horford open and having a bad defensive game. I think the other couple of games he's just looked a little bit more physically overmatched, as I've I've alluded to at different points, Whitey. But I think his ability to find it Monday is huge because he hasn't at this point been able to find it in the in the two games for the most part in in Boston. Yeah, I, I don't want to go too far down that road because obviously, you know, I did mention yesterday, I think maybe he's hurt. It's just pure speculation, but it's just out of desperation to try to understand what's going on with Draymond. The fact that in the finals here and he looks flat, it's like well, that, and that and, and that, that could right. be part of why he looks physically overmatched also. I mean, it could just be, you know, it's yeah. better athletes, is kind of, but it, but being injured is it could be a part of that. Yeah, and there just seems to be even, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but Kerr's response to some of his games he's had in the series where he hasn't played well, and oh, you know, he's Draymond, he's going to respond. They, there seems like there's there's an understanding there. They understand why Draymond. No one's frustrated that Draymond's not playing well. They seem to have an understanding. So I don't know. Maybe at some point we'll find something out. But I think also the, the more coaching points right now, as you said, he's physically overmatched, and he does have whatever this thing is, the yips, whatever, offensively, and uh, that's really hurt him. But the best sign, to Gene's point, the best sign is that, again, last night he got benched when they brought him back in. Yeah, it was offense-defense, but he responded, makes a, made some big plays in the biggest moments. That was more Draymond-esque than anything else we've seen from him in this series so far. Oliver in Mill Valley next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Oliver, you're on Warriors this week with J.D. in Boston and Whitey Gleason. Uh, what's on your mind today, Oliver? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for taking my call. It's my first time calling, and, uh, you know, I've listened to you guys for a while, and I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so, you know, I just want to talk about, like, what is it going to take for us to win in either Game 6 or Game 7? Like, what, you know, what do the Warriors need to do and – how you think it's going to happen, you think it's not going to happen, but what do we specifically need to do, especially on the defensive end, uh, to beat the Celtics? Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, I, I think it's it's got to be force, Whitey. It's got to be. They were more forceful last night, and the Celtics still had moments where they, they looked really good, and they also had more moments where they, they looked bad and turned it over and took some quick shots. The Warriors forced them into some quick shots, like, hey, one pass and, and things aren't clicking. And I know you mentioned it. It looked a little bit like that fourth quarter against Miami where the ball found Marcus Smart. And I, I, just the Warriors' defensive presence was much more in line last night yeah. like it was in game two, I, I thought. And that forced the Celtics into quick shots and turnovers. And then they were more content. It, it's got to it's gotta be like last night, I think, for, for two games uh, for the Warriors to win this series. I agree, and, and Oliver, to me, your question gets at, at the very heart of one of the biggest issues with this Warriors team, and that, again, is a relationship between offense and defense. One thing the Warriors can still clean up a great deal, even though that was a huge win last night, one of the biggest Warrior wins ever, but they're still turning the ball over way too much, and they're committing some of those bad, 
bad, unnecessary, unforced turnovers. Remember the one where Steph threw kind of a half-blind hook pass? It was like, oh, my goodness. So if they can clean those up and then become more efficient offensively and you get Boston, uh, you're attacking them when, when, when they're in transition, those are, those are keys to victory. If the Warriors can just take care of the ball a little bit better and continue to rebound like they did last night and not in the previous game, uh, possessions, number of possessions, huge in, in, in this series. Warriors last night took 91 shots to Boston's 85. So those are absolute keys for Warriors. Take better care of the basketball, continue to rebound, which is why Looney is so important, and I think they're in really good shape if they can do those two things. Let's go to Dom in San Jose. We keep it rolling on the phone lines. 888-957-9570. JD and Whitey here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Dom? Hey, I love you guys as a pair. And JD, your encyclopedia knowledge of what you were doing January 9th and 2007 is just amazing. <laughs> couple shout-outs and then two questions for you guys. Uh, so proud of that three-pointer by Clay off to the bounce pass to Curry. Uh, GP2's just hands. Looney making those bunnies when he has to. Even though we're all down on Draymond, Draymond, he came back at the end and made two key assists at the end, especially that one to Looney, so I'm proud of all of them. Here's my question. Steph Curry is such a great role model as a father, as a son. That hug yesterday as a father myself was with his dad was amazing. He's such a great leader. He's clutch. I hope... We see the growth of Poole's body like we do with Curry. Curry is now serviceable on the defensive end and a great rebounding guard. But here's my question. I know why maybe players, you know, put shade on Curry with his privileged background, etc. But why are people still in the media not giving him love like Skip Bayless and his partner, Shannon? Is it going to take Curry to win the MVP, which he will if we win it? I hope we win it. I still think it's up in the air. Why does he not get the love that he deserves, man? That's my question. I have no idea. I, I mean, I think it is, you know, the, the hot takers have to have to take. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it, there's something to Harvey you hot just take. have to have an opinion. Yeah. Harvey hot take. Yeah, you, yeah. you nailed it earlier. <laughs> it's just asinine. And and to the to the point, you know, what does he gotta do? I think, yes, the answer is, I mean, if you care about that. And, again, I don't think he cares about that. I think he knows that that's nonsense. Uh, But I also think he does want the finals MVP, like we talked about earlier, because it's really the one high-level accolade that he doesn't have. With that would come another title and a fourth, which puts him in another different stratosphere in terms of of all-time great players and and all-time great champions. So I think that part of it, yeah, win the MVP with the performances that he's had, win the series, have another iconic game, maybe not to the level of last night, but in a closeout or at a game seven. And and there's nothing anybody can say at that point, but a lot of what's being said to begin with is just ridiculous anyway. Yeah, I think um, part of this gets back to uh, um, what I think is a misguided belief, J.D., that you know, a lot of people have had for a long time that, you know, the best basketball players, they can do it on their own when they have to. The best players can carry a team. Now, we know that the Warriors' strength in numbers, they really haven't been built that way. And Steph, to his credit, 
um, recognizes, well, the way we play, this is how we win championships. I'm not as concerned about being the focal point offensively. And I think some people, especially, you know, the, the hot take Harvey's looking for something to say, huh, yeah, well, Steph's not like Michael Jordan. He doesn't do it all himself, so he can't be that good. And that's the beauty of what's going on right now at the risk of being redundant. You see that the Warriors have to change up their offense because of the way Boston defends. So, Steph, you're going to have to do more. So he's answering all those questions and showing that I can do that. It was maybe not the best thing for our team in the past for me to do that. Now we need that, and I'm doing that. So you really have nothing else to say about me. And again, you, you mentioned what a leader he is. That's what impressed me last night, the way he filled that leadership void created by the fact that Draymond is really struggling and for whatever reason is not himself. So Steph, whatever questions have remained about Steph, and even before the series, I think we agreed, it's like some of that's just noise and doesn't matter. But if it does matter, well, he's he's laying all, uh, uh, the light to all of that with the way he's playing right now, not just last night. He'd done that in the series, and then to do it last night, it's like, hey, hot take Harvey, you got nothing, so shut up. Uh, and since Dom asked, Whitey, and I won't belabor this, uh, January 9th, 2007, uh, that, that was a Tuesday. I was you know, just getting off celebrating a birthday the day nice. before. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was good. And uh, I, I covered a, a basketball game on that day. It was the Cavs and the – it was the, the Mike Brown-led Cleveland Cavaliers winning at the Eric Musselman-led Sacramento Kings on Tuesday, January 9th, 2007. LeBron James, big game, 34 points, seven assists – Couple of steals and uh, yeah, one hundred eight ninety eight. The final well, on that what was night. Your, so uh, what was your in game snack? Yeah, no, your in game snack uh, was pro- it was pro- probably a slice of pepperoni pizza. There you go from the uh, media room at the old Arco <laughs> Arco Two in in Sacramento, the soon to be defunct Arco Two in in Sacramento. So yeah, Dom, just because you asked, I mean, I can I I had to go into the. Uh, Superior autobiographical memory with maybe mm-hmm. a slight assist from Basketball Reference, maybe, maybe. No, no, just, just that was for accuracy's sake. All off just the top for accuracy's sake. Uh, speaking of Mike Brown, as uh, we know, Mike Brown. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, JD, but we know Mike Brown's going to be the coach of uh, of the Sacramento Kings, and Kenny Atkinson going to be the coach of the uh, Charlotte Hornets. So the Warriors losing another top assistant. Yeah, losing really their their top two assistants, mm-hmm. which how they are replaced is, is going to be something, uh, again, you'd feel a little bit better about if you're able to win this series, right, and get another championship yeah. uh, in the bank, knowing that you got to reload maybe at, at some of the assistant coach positions. Uh, 888-957-9570, one hour down. we got three hours to come as I am in Boston. We want to hear from you. we got some text messages coming up, more phone calls, series tied at two games apiece. How does this thing end now and where would you put Steph Curry's legendary performance and the grand scape of what he has done in his career and in NBA uh, playoff history as well and finals history? All of that is coming up next, hour number two on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 